Well, still champions in waiting. Not quite official champions yet. I can't quite get the t-shirts looked out yet, John. But we'll get them at some stage in the next week, few days. Decent, isn't it? Good, good way to feel at the moment. It's a nice weekend indeed, Hamish. It's very nice indeed. Um, yeah, it's great. I mean, yesterday was great. I think everyone expected it to go to Tanner Ice on Wednesday night. Um, and so it will be. Um, that's when Celtic should be declared champions. But let's be honest, we're champions elect. We're, we're champions. We've done it. You were singing the song on the video yesterday. Everyone knows it. We know it. Rangers know it. Everyone knows it. Celtic are champions. It's just about finalising it so that the players and the manager can talk about being champions, which will be yeah. uh, another enjoyable part of all this. Kind of fitting it's coming at Tanadice as well, if it does indeed come at mm -hmm. Tanadice, given that that's the ground last season where we officially lost our, our title. We've, we're hopefully going to win it back at Tanadice in, in your kind of area as well, which is almost fitting. Do you Maybe think Ange planned all this? Perhaps. Maybe Ange wanted a trip to Tayside to, to keep me happy. I can actually see the stadium from my window. I, I live over the water, but I can see the stadium from, from my house. So be fitting for Ange to come to my local area and um, have a wee look at what Dundee has to offer. But, I mean, we've done well at Tandice last two games this season. Yeah. I think we won 3-0 there both times. So, mm -hmm. I mean, confidence has to be sky high that we're we're going to do it again. We only need a point. So it's not as if we even need to win the game. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited for, for all the fans going to Tandice. Got the shed in back after the, the cup shambles last time. Pretty much, I think it feels like Celtic's night. Um mm -hmm. And hopefully the, the players manage to live up to that. The players, I don't know if you've seen the kind of messaging coming from the players on social media. It's all been very synchronised, I suppose. It's all one step closer, another step closer. Now, you would never expect them to say champions or anything when it's not officially done because players just wouldn't do that nowadays. But it is, I think it is quite interesting that they're all still so motivated. And even in their post-match stuff after the game yesterday, McGregor, I think, was saying, you know, we need to keep a lid on it until Wednesday. And O'Reilly was saying, you know, we've still got work to do. And, and again, that's what you would expect to hear. But I think they're going to turn up on, on Wednesday, you know, just, just ready to, to do this in style. And I actually think we, we will do it in real style on Wednesday. I mean, even if we win or get the job we need on Wednesday, I mean, that's going to be the message again from the players and the manager. The manager will think? be talking about The manager, I guarantee, after Wednesday night, if we've, even if we've won the league, Ange will say we need to turn up on Saturday and put in a performance for the supporters because Ange loves that supporters going home happy part. And I think that's fair enough. That's what he's built his relationship around uh, this season. And it's, it's going to be a trophy day. And so you always want Celtic to do well on trophy day. We've had some big ones in the past and they're always so enjoyable. Um, when, when you can kind of really put on mm. a performance, it really amps up the excitement level in the stadium. So it's a big week. It's undoubtedly a big week for Celtic. Yeah, and we're right at the start of it, or right at the end of the previous week. Thanks everyone for joining us, by the way. I've not even addressed you all yet. I hope you're having a wonderful weekend, maybe a little bit tender today. Definitely not like me at all. But, um, well, your, your voice can... sounds improved from last week, so uh, you've you've done well to recover from, from that shambles. I know, last week it was just completely gubbed. I think it, it got better as we got to about Thursday, and then... Saturday, yesterday, it kind of worsened again, but it's slightly better. Um, yeah, hi everyone, get involved in the chat. We're going to have a little bit of a party um, on this video. What basically happens is we do these videos on a Sunday night. John will come to me either on a Saturday night or a, a Sunday morning with a list of things that he thinks you know are good to cover. He basically does my job for me. 
And we've got loads to chat about in this one, John. Mm-hmm. You're, you're clearly keen to get through stuff. So where do you want to kick us off? Some days I just like, well, every week I love chatting about Celtic, but some, some weekends I'm a little bit more motivated than others. And I thought yesterday was as good a reason to be motivated as any because I thought the performance against Hearts was really good. And I think that's where we should just start immediately. And, and just, I was pulling my hair a little bit out the out a little bit, um, you know, after 10, 20 minutes, because I just felt we didn't start. We I've, I've never seen like, you like that. Never seen you like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I just, I'm really desperate to, to win this league, finally. And, yeah. you know, it's been a long season and I just felt the first 10, 20 minutes yesterday, just the, the team just had a little bit of stage fight. As soon as we got the goal, obviously evaporated, even at 1-1, felt like it was pretty much in the bag. Um, Hart scored really early, but I thought the performance yesterday was actually really good, really good. Um, and exciting to watch, good football, the players enjoying themselves again. You know, it wasn't quite at, you know, Celtic, Sivens and Johnson nil levels, but it was it was nice football, enjoyable football, and, and the players playing with a, a bit of swagger in their step again, and which was great to see. And it's great to see they've still got that desire. I mean, they're desperate to, to get this over the line as well. And one player I want to touch on, and I know you and Stevie did yesterday, but I thought Kyle McGregor was magnificent yesterday. Um, and I think I, I, one of the things I wanted to, to show people today was just his touch mat from all the touches he had on the pitch. He had 85 touches on the pitch. Um, only Carol Startfeld and Cameron Carter-Vickers had more, which you would expect, you know, as our central defenders who, who start. But look at it, he's, he's all over the pitch. Now, it's interesting. I always like looking at these because, you know, it confirms what you see when you're watching the game. If you looked at, say, Turnbull's, he would be more focused on the left-hand side. If you looked at O'Reilly's, he's, he's obviously given more license to get into the box because um, he had you know, he had a number of shots yesterday and he, he kind of plays more down the right-hand side. But Callum McGregor is everywhere. Like, he's he's honestly, he, you know, the only thing he doesn't have a touch is, is in our box, but that's not really what what he's he, um, he's told to do. But he's, he's all over the pitch, and I love to see that. He's helping out. O'Reilly on the right-hand side there, he's helping out Turnbull on the left-hand side, he's helping out the defenders, he's fetching the ball from deep and he's driving everything. And I think it's just another good example of why Callum McGregor is easily um, the player of the year. You know, just not even, you know, taking all his leadership credentials and all that aside, you know, taking all that stuff about, you know, putting the squad together and bonding with the badge, put all that aside, he's just a really good footballer that I love to watch. And to think he's still got maybe 10 years in him at Celtic is, is yeah. frightening, to be honest, because I, I, th- I genuinely think he does. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I was thinking yesterday, obviously the, the news about Scott Brown, I think we'll come on to later. And I was thinking Scott Brown leaving last summer was probably one of the best things that happened to Celtic in many ways because Callum McGregor, it's allowed Callum McGregor to to become almost Mr Celtic. I mean, Ange is Mr Celtic, but Callum McGregor is kind of Mr Celtic on the pitch. I think you've said it before, he's almost kind of Ange's assistant on the pitch. He's Ange's voice on the pitch. Um, and, and Callum McGregor is just the perfect guy for an Ange team. In terms of, strip away the, the whole leadership stuff and the kind of intangibles. In terms of the, the player that he is, he's a perfect Ange player. He's energetic. He's a good passer. He takes care of the ball so well, like Cal McGregor very rarely gives the ball away, when he does give the ball away, it's like a big event and he's all over, he, as I say, he's, you know, his stamina is incredible, he drives the team forward if you were kind of moulding an Ange captain you probably couldn't make a better one than Cal McGregor 
No, and I think it's interesting as well because I think it's even when Neil Lennon left last year and we were talking about what the kind of manager we would want to come in, we wanted a player who really engaged the players tactically and um, with clear instructions on the pitch because I think everyone realised that was a problem last year. And Carl McGregor even said it publicly. He said that, you know, whatever the manager is asking us to do, we're not doing on the, on that pitch. And I think all those players, that, and I think I described Carl McGregor as a, almost a football geek, <laughs> you know, not not in a, in a bad way and, and not saying that disparagingly, but I think he's obsessed with football and I think he's obsessed with the various aspects of football, but tactically and and, and all that too. Like he, he wanted a manager who could come in and um, give him clear instructions and give him a defined role in the team and have defined roles for every single player. And I think the players who were remaining at Celtic, never mind the ones that have been brought here, but the players who remained at Celtic were desperate for that. Because I felt like they were all a group like that. I thought Ayer and Christie were like that too. I know they'd already decided they were going to leave by that point, by really by the by the point that Ange came in. But there was always a little group at Celtic that you felt were proper football students, students of the game, um, thinking about football at like almost an elite level. And I think a lot of that came... From the Brendan Rodgers era, and I think we were mm. crying out for a manager to come in and reinvigorate players like that. And so I think that um, Ange has done that as much as anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, as I say, McGregor's just been massive. And then you go into all the, the, the actual leadership staff and you hear about the new signings who come to the club. And the first person who greets them at Lennox Town is, is Callum McGregor. And he, you know, he knows the club and he knows the way Celtic want to play and he knows the standards Celtic need to reach. And... He gathers the players in huddles after bad results, after good results. He's just, I, I mean, it makes a mockery of of the people. And I genuinely wasn't one at the start of the season who who had doubts over Callum McGregor. I understand it to an extent because Scott Brown was just such an amazing figure at, at Celtic that there would be doubts when he left. But, I mean, nobody, you know, is doubting Callum McGregor at all in and he's, he's really answered the call as well, hasn't he? Because there were doubts, you know, when he first came captain because last season, really poor last season, I thought in general, let the team down on a few occasions. I remember at Ibrox, that second yellow, that's just not something you wouldn't see from Callum McGregor now. I mean, he's just, he is, he's improved as a footballer and I think that's something that probably goes unnoticed because of the leadership stuff, but he's improved as a captain as well and he's improved Celtic and he's a huge part of it. I mean, I said yesterday to Stevie, there are moments this season that if we hadn't have had Callum McGregor as our captain, that I would have feared for Celtic a lot more than than I do when he was our captain. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the best thing he said this season was just last week when he said he took last season personally. And he does need to take his share for the blame of last season because every player did and everyone at Celtic had to. And again, as supporters, we said we had to even though we weren't at the games. I think we made the whole situation far more intense than it probably needed to be. Um, but McGregor's taken that on the shoulders and 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 as he said, took it personally and you know committed his whole life to you know addressing that and making things better for himself, for his teammates, for the manager that's come in, and ultimately for the supporters. And full credit to him. I just yeah, again, I just I know you talked about him on the show yesterday, but I just wanted to highlight again because you know I thought he was superb against Hearts, and he's going to be so huge for us next season again. You know both domestically and getting through the grind of games and the week-to-week games, but also in raising our game to try and match a European level. I think Callum McGregor is going to be so important to that. If Callum McGregor can raise his game to that kind of level, then I think a lot of players in that team will as well. And actually, I think when you see Callum McGregor 
you know, I thought he was one of Scotland's best players in the Euros. I thought he played really well against England. I know a lot of people were talking about Billy Gilmore, Billy Gilmore, and rightfully so. But I thought McGregor was really good in those matches as well. And I think he's shown that he can compete at that kind of European level. And, and hopefully um, he takes that. Um, he has a personal beef um, against the Champions League again next season and shows us all that too. He still seems very young, Callum McGregor, but he's he's actually not really in, in football terms. Um, I mean, he's still in his, his late 20s, um, 28. Yeah. And he's one of the older players in that Celtic squad because look at that. That's just um, that's not every Celtic first team player. It's I've picked out the ones who are I would say kind of first team players, key players this season. And as I say, Callum McGregor, you know the the fourth oldest player out of that lot. The the ages there um, is something you wanted to touch on, John. And and you just look at players like O'Reilly and Turnbull, Abada and Jota. If we keep them in Hatati, and these guys still have their their best years ahead of them. Yeah, it's interesting as well because Ange was speaking about how he doesn't want him talking about how this is the first phase to detract from the achievements this season. And I think that's right. But I think you can't help but get excited about what the future is at Celtic when you look at the ages of some of these players. I mean, someone like Turnbull's only 22. Abad is only 20. His contribution this season has been pretty big. O'Reilly's mm. unbelievably and yeah. controversially only 21. I mean, I don't know. He plays like he's 35 <laughs> in a good way. Um, but even like you look at Maeda is 24, Greg Taylor's only 24. If we can keep Jota and, and Carter Vickers, Jota's 23, Carter Vickers is only 24. So we've got a clutch of these players who are under 25 who are mainstays in the team. And then you've got the more experienced heads um, that help you out as well. Like McGregor's 28, so experienced. Furuhash is 27, he's, he's been around a bit as well. So I think we've got a great mix and he, I think Joe Hart's probably going to be the goalkeeper again next season. So Joe Hart must feel like an old man in that dressing room. <laughs> but that's, he's, he, again, he's another player who's incredibly taken on that role this season and, and taken that leadership role seriously and not in just a kind of passive, you know, I'm the old experienced guy, so I, I, you know, I'm a leader kind of thing, but really taking on what it means to be a leader um, both on and off the pitch, and again, and forging this relationship with the support that I've spoken about so much is that that's been so critical. And I think Joe Hart's been a big part of that. I don't think many supporters are 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 think looking at Joe Hart and thinking he's not one of their favourite players in in that entire team. Because it's weird. You look at that team, and you would maybe, if you looked solely at the ages, you may think we could do with a bit more experience in that team. But there's so many players there mm. that are maybe only 24, 25, 26, which is kind of you know, kind of still relatively young in, in football terms, just going into your peak, but they, they play like veterans of the game. Uh, you've already mentioned O'Reilly, who, you know, 21 years old is is incredible. Um, you know, players like Kyogo, Juranovic, who's become a real leader for us, um, you know, numerous other players, even someone like Jota, who really takes the initiative at, at key moments, did it again yesterday, and is still only, I think, 23 so, I mean, these players, they have the youthfulness and they have the mm -hmm. years in front of them, but it's not as if you're kind of giving up experience either. It's not like you've chosen youthfulness and you're giving up experience because they all seem to have dealt with things so well this season. And, you know, it's easy to look at the league table now and, you know, what is it, six points clear and it kind of looks, it looks like a comfortable title win in the end. But, you know, there's been real tough moments this season. You look at those winter months, November... December, when we had numerous players missing, and the core of players who, who remained fit, the likes of Turnbull and Abada and players like that, 
albeit that they're, they're very young footballers, stood up and, and dealt with the pressure. And it just filled me with, with so much confidence for the future. I know Europe's going to be a different story because you're up against a better calibre of opposition. But when you look at the way they've dealt with real situations this year, with mm -hmm. the real pressure on them, then it's it's just massively you know encouraging for what's to come. And they're doing it as a group as well. I mean, it's not even about them. Uh, we've, we've said this a lot too, but they're doing it as a group. And this is the first year of this group. Now, there'll be players that come and go out of the group at times, but think if we can keep the core of this team together for two or three years, then we can take special strides under Ange. As he's saying, he wants to build something special here. He said this weekend again after yesterday's game that he's only scratching the surface at Celtic. So he's talking a big game, and but Ange means it. Like Ange, that's what Ange wants to do. So we've got to trust him to do that because he said when he arrived at the club last June, his first message to the support was that he wants to put Celtic back on top and a lot of people doubted him. But here we are in May and we're, we're back on top. So... You've got to trust the manager at this point. So if he says he can take the players who are already here to the next level and also add the quality of players um, that he needs in, in other you know specific areas of the pitch, then we've, we've got to trust that we are going to be taken to the next level again next season. Well, he, he proved everyone wrong with, with winning the league this season. I mean, I know mm -hmm. Celtic fans you know, have believed in him, I think, pretty much from day one. But maybe not a lot of us would have expected to be in this position. Yeah, Ange you know, would would have had belief, I think, from the minute he heard of Celtic's name that he could be in this position. So would be foolish to to not think that he, he couldn't get us into a similar place. And I think when he talks about improvement, I think he's talking about Europe, isn't he? I mean that that's where Ange you were spoken about it before, that's where Ange sees, you know, the, the massive progress for Celtic. And you know, I I I would I would put decent money on Ange being able to to take us up to a level where we can, you know, compete well in Europe and, and get big results in the Champions League. I'm not saying it will happen next season, but I, I just, I just think this guy is so special. Wherever he's gone in his, his past career, he's had success and he's achieved things that he probably shouldn't have, and he's already done it at Celtic. And I just don't think he's going to stop there at all. I think, you know, he's spoken about bringing players in in the summer, and I think he'll, he'll target quality rather than quantity. It seems like some players might leave the, the likes of Nier Beaton who have been good players for Celtic and maybe in past regimes would have been kept around for what they'd done previously. Um, I, I think Ange will, will always look to improve Celtic even if it means that, that certain players have to leave and I think the support are just going to go with it the whole way. I mean, it's, it's just so exciting thinking that we're going to have a pre-season, a full pre-season with Ange's players in the summer. We didn't get that at all. There, I think Leela Bada was probably, and obviously the, the existing players were the only guys who, who got a full pre-season. You know, this pre-season we're going to have no distractions of European football, European qualifiers. We're going to have all of these players with a few new signings getting a pre-season under Ange, and um, it should be should be spectacular. Should we get on to the the quote, or do you want to come in before that? No, just yeah, you just bring the quote up. But I was just going to say, like the pre-season thing is big because. I mean, we're going back to Austria. I think the club really value going to those Austria training camps. You know, I think it started under Brendan Rodgers. Mm. Um, and I think they really like going over there. So that's going to be a good settled time. And obviously players like Callum McGregor are, are familiar with that environment too. So, yeah, but yeah, bring this quote up that, that I'm just saying. Are you reading it or am I reading it? I'll read it. He said, um, just regarding, he was asked in his press conference about taking Celtic to the, ne to the next level. That was the, the genuine question. And he said... There are a number of areas where I think this this season and the earlier part of the year we did not have the depth and quality 
in certain positions to be able to carry the workload of having a 60-game season. We are still in the stages of developing our players and developing our game style. And for me, there are still areas without specifying positions where I think we can have more quality in terms of depth and in terms of the level of the performance we put in. There won't be the amount of activity that we had last season, but I think the activity we have this year will be significant. We will hopefully bring players that will improve us immediately rather than sort of bring players in who will just add to the squad. So the message is, you know, quality over quantity. The message is that he's probably identified the positions he wants to strengthen already. The message is that he wants to compete on all fronts next season. You know, he wants to be able to put together a squad that is capable of playing a 60-game season in a vibrant way across every match where there's no lull and he keeps the intensity up and he brings players in and out. So I think you're looking at Ange being pretty pretty busy in the transfer market this summer. I know he's kind of playing down the volume in terms of compared to last year, but if you remember last year, it was ridic- ridiculous the amount of players we bring in. I mean, even if we bring in seven or eight players this year, it'll be you know still lower than the amount we brought in last year. So there's a lot of there's a lot of room below that, um, and I just think it's incredibly exciting. And as we celebrate this week and celebrate the achievement of the season, and as we say, some players might be moving on, some you know because maybe they've run their course at Celtic and, and that's fine. But I think it's also, you know, as apt to look forward to the future and think about what the Celtic team can be. And Ange is already doing that in his messaging. And I think Celtic will be ready to go on this from the off. And and we'll see. I mean, when the season's over, we'll see what happens with Jota and Cabin and Carter Vickers. You know, I think all, all that will come around pretty quickly. So um, I just think it's exciting. I think it's exciting that Ange is not just thinking about it, but publicly speaking about it too. He's not holding that back. He's he's saying he wants this team to get better. And he's saying he knows how to make it better. Um, and I, I think he will. So to an, an untrained eye like me watching Celtic, I look at most of the positions in that team and I think we're, we're pretty well sorted. I mean, striker, we've got two brilliant strikers who only one of them can play. And I mean, Yakimakis comes on yesterday and this guy's amazing now. Like, he's just unbelievable. So far away from the guy that we first signed who, let's face it, there were doubts about. You get him and Kyogo Vine for your striker spot. So I would say, you know, that's fine. I know, obviously, Carter Vickers, Jota stuff. I, I, I personally think we'll, we'll sign both, but we'll wait and see what happens there. Attacking midfield, you've got four pretty good options for, for two positions. Behind that is, I think, an area we Andrew will probably be looking at, especially if Beton's moving on. I think centre-back would be another area, given that, you know, Julian, I think there's big doubts there over whether he'll be able to be an Ange player, even if he's fully fit. I think left-back, you're probably looking to bring someone in at this stage to, to almost supplement Greg Taylor and provide competition for Greg Taylor, given how he's come on. But in general, you look at the rest of the squad, right-back, we're fine. Goalkeeper, I think it, I think it's fine, goalkeeper. People might say about second choice, but I think, you know, we have big plans for Oluwayemi, and I think um, Bain's a fine number two. You know, you've still got Hazard there as well. I, I would say, you know, in general, we're kind of okay. We maybe only need, you know, those couple of positions I mentioned. Do you think Do you think we might see Ange signing players in positions that we're going, God, I thought we were perfect there. Like, could we see, like, another striker coming in? Could we see hmm. another attacking midfielder in and, like, someone like Turnbull just been moved on because he's not quite at the levels? Is that the kind of thing you see happening? I don't think he's going to go overboard. And I think players will have to move on in certain positions before we bring another player in. 
Like if you think about it, we've still got, still got a Yeti going about the, the striking position. Yeah. Like I can't see us bringing another striker in if he's still there, but I'm pretty sure he will move on. And then in that case, I could see Anshing and another striker. I think we really need competition for Greg Taylor and, and not in a, that's not a slight of Greg Taylor because people know that I've, I've been a fan of Greg Taylor this season. We just need competition there. We don't really have anyone capable of stepping up. I don't think, I, you know, I think maybe Liam Scales needs a loan or something like that. I don't think he's going to be that because I think if he if he was ready to step into the Celtic team, I think he might have had more opportunities than, than he's had. So we really need competition there. Um, and yeah, I do think we'll have a, you know signings in a few surprise areas. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we brought in another midfielder, for example, because I think Sora will be moving on. I think Beton's moving on. Got James McCarthy, but again, he's not getting many of very very many opportunities this season. I think Edigucci's you know earmarked for a more prominent role next season, but wouldn't be surprised if we bring in another defensive midfielder, and it's probably needed. So yeah, I do, I do, I think Ange is going to be pretty ruthless this summer, and you know maybe a few surprise names will leave, and maybe a few su- surprise positions will be signed for. I think again, right wing is another area that we need more support in. Um, so I think fans can be expecting without expecting too much because I don't, I, you know, I don't want it to be one of those summers where fans just want everything, and some I, I just don't think you get everything that you want sometimes. I think we need to look pragmatically as well. I don't think Ange is going to go out and sign a new eleven, um, but I do think he could make five, six, or maybe even seven signings that improve the quality of the squad. I'm already getting pelters for the Turnbull stuff. That was just an example. I, I love David Turnbull, and I hope that he stays around at the club. It was just a player I plucked out of thin air. So please don't uh, don't slag me off too much for that. Um, just get through uh, some of your comments. We got one there from from Connor Shields. Uh, be smart to look at wing-backs, left-back in particular. Taylor has done well this year, but needs some competition. I think left-back is clearly a position that, that we're going to look at. And again, Ange is just going to take us to that level. Um, yeah, everyone just slagging me off for the Turnbull stuff. I think there's a few players at the club that there's question marks over, that they, they can be good players, but we've not seen it for whatever reason this year. McCarthy, Julian, Forrest, uh, Liam Scales, Eddie Gucci... Mikey Johnson. If you, we've got a lot of players there that we've not seen much over the last three months, and I think part of that's been because we've only been playing one game a week, so yeah. there's not been the same opportunities. So I think we'll see more of them maybe in pre-season, but it's kind of sink or swim time for, for some of these guys, and they're either going to be part of the Ange team or they're not. Is that fair? I think that's fair. I think, yeah, and I think he's going to try and build a squad early for this, because the, the period between August and the World Cup is very, very busy. And very, very busy at a high level. The Champions League group stages, it's one game a week apart from the international break. So every single week you're playing a Champions League team. And that's that's a big ask of, I think, the, the squad even as it currently stands. I think there's significant improvement and bolstering needed there. And I think that's what we're going to get. So I think Ange is, ma- is making that pretty clear right now. I think the fact that we've appointed Mark Lowell is making that pretty clear right now. We want it someone in there, a point man, to take control of those negotiations. So, um, yeah, exciting stuff. Have you slagged off Jota at any point in the last six months? Because if the answer to that is yes, John is about to come for you right now with the help of some stats. Take it away. I think the conversations around Jota maybe three or four weeks ago were pretty absurd. I think he's been fantastic this season. and He had that burst at the start of the season. Then he had an injury, and I think people forget that. He had a, a pretty significant muscle injury. He came back into the team, 
scored two goals um, against Aberdeen at St. John's. He also set up the, the the late winner against Dundee United at Celtic Park. And and that was kind of it for maybe a month, maybe to six weeks in terms of direct goal contribution. His last seven games, he's had a, a, a goal or an assist in his last six of his last seven league games. I, and I just think it was it was getting a bit absurd. And I think over the last few weeks, he's really shown again how vital he's been in this run-in. I don't think Celtic would be in a such strong position going into this match in turn, at Tannadice without Jota turning up over the last you know seven or eight weeks. I think he's been he's been pretty good for us, and I think some of the conversations around him were pretty harsh. Um, and I think I just I'm really excited to see if we're going to sign him. Um, there was even it was getting to a point where even some people were considering whether we should sign him or not, which again I just thought was absurd. Yeah, the question agree, you need to yeah. ask yourself is not whether how much money you would pay for Jota and all that. Is it do you want to see this Jota play for Celtic in the Champions League group stage? And if your answer to that question isn't yes, then you're you're off your nut as far as I'm concerned. Did you see him at full time yesterday walking around singing the the Daft Punk song? It's easy to do that and and you know look at these players with the smiles on their face, but you're looking at them and you're you're thinking, are you going to go anywhere to any other club and and get this feeling and have this connection with the supporters and and win trophies and and just feel it as and just be part of something? I just thought those those scenes at full time yesterday were incredible. I'd, I don't know how many times you've watched that that clip Celtic put up, the three and a half minute clip. I, I've watched it at least 10 times today. It's just, it's incredible stuff. The roar when Ange walks round. Um, the thing that got me was, the, and I love the fact that the TV producer, you know, Kudos, kept going to fans in, in the stand and the smiles on their faces were just incredible. And I think that was just a, the perfect kind of, perfect kind of image after after what had been a great day and, and what has been a great season. You know, Ange just put a smile on, on everyone's faces, just seeing everyone after what we've had to put up with, you know, both with Celtic and just in general over the last few years, with a big smile on their face. All of these players who we've plucked from all over the globe, from difficult situations, from good situations, have all become part of Celtic. And you just hope that people like Jota and Carter Vickers are, are keen to stick around next year, especially with Champions League football there. I think they'd be mad not to. And I, I, I do think both will sign for us. Um, that's not based on any kind of behind-the-scenes knowledge. Um, I just think that, I just think that you know, what Ange's been saying has been you know, quite positive with both. Um, and I think that Celtic clearly, clearly want to sign both players. Ange just said that. And I just hope that both players want to stay at Celtic. Certainly Carter Vickers seems to be really positive signs and and just whenever you see Jota, it just you know seems similar as well. So, I mean, that'd be massive if we signed both of them, wouldn't it? That would be just a huge statement of intent as well. It would be massive, and I think it would be another you know post-season morale boost for for the support going into the summer. And it, I think it would show that Celtic, I mean, business from the off and committing that much money to both players right out of the bat before we even consider improving the squad, I think would be a real message that that Celtic mean business this summer, and the supporters need to. To, to go along with that as well and, and be patient with the club. But I think, you know, if the club can show that from from the start, then I think there will be a lot more patience. So, yeah, hopefully we uh, get just, that done. Just before we go, a couple of things. Near Beaton, you've been kind of across that story a little bit. So so what's mm. the situation? It looks like he's going to be leaving. Yeah, it was an interesting one. So there's, there was... Near Beaton was kind of posting kind of family photos from Celtic Park on Instagram, but that's by the by. 
but it did kind of drudge up people thinking about his future. Then there was these images going around WhatsApp of like a newspaper and no one knew no, knew what the newspaper was. So I looked into it over the last 24 hours and eventually realized it was from a, a Manchester-based paper called the, the Jewish Telegraph, who reported that Mir Beaton would be leaving Celtic at the end of the season. That actually came from a, a channel called Sport 5 in Israel, and, and they actually reported and had a Mir Beaton on their radio show in an interview on April 25th or 24th, back when he was kind of had that injury issue. And he told them that he was leaving Celtic this season, this summer. And that he was, you know, thinking of moving on, and that he he might not want to move directly to to Israel quite yet at this stage of this career, but you know he's looking at other options. So look, that that's where all that's come from. It's come from something that was, um, from Israel media and and you know late April, um, but it's only you know most English speaking outlets completely missed that until this weekend when when that newspaper and then when we had it up on the site earlier today. So. Yeah, looks like Beaton's away, and and fair, you know, fair play to him. I think he's had a, he's actually had an all right season under Ange, and you know he's had his ups and downs at Celtic, but I don't think you can deny his trophy record and, you know, what he's kind of achieved in totality at Celtic. I think he'll be remembered as a as a pretty well liked, versatile midfielder, stroke defender who has had horror moments, but who has had good moments too. And I think the fact that he's moving on is actually a good sign that. But Andrews is about to make all these ruthless decisions that we want him to, because it probably is the right time for him to move on, and he would be going out on the top. So, so fair exactly, mm. exactly. I think that's really important as well. Um, yeah, I think the general consensus from supporters seems to be that, yeah, it's absolutely fine. You know, Beaton can move on further his career, get more regular playing time, and Celtic can move on and, and not be any worse. In fact, probably the opposite. Um, but, you know, he's been a pretty good servant and I'm sure we'll, we'll cover that fully on the channel if he does indeed uh, officially leave the club. And, and just also Scott Brown, who announced his retirement yesterday from football. Um, I noticed he, Celtic put a tweet out and Scott Brown replied with, a, I think it was, thanks for the memories. And I was already emotional yesterday and I didn't need that to happen as well. Because, God, Scott Brown, are the stars aligning here? Is Are we going to see Scott Brown... Next week, it playing some sort of role in Trophy Day. Well, there's there's a bit of chat about that, but as with always, as with always on these things, I don't like to put you know too much pressure on the club either way because Scott Brown might not want to do it first and yeah. foremost. Like you don't want to might, detract from the current yeah. team, do you? Yeah, he, he might not want to detract from the current team, or he might just not fancy you know being in the limelight in that moment. Um, but I think if he wanted to do it and the club wanted him to do it, you know, it feels pretty poetic is in that. You know, he might be the guy who puts the medals on players' necks, or he might be the guy that hands the trophy to Callum McGregor. You don't know. I mean, that does sound good. But again, it comes down to whether the player himself wants to, um, and whether the club will 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 reach out to him in that regard. I'm sure a discussion's been had. So if it doesn't happen, I'm sure that it would be Scott Brown's decision. But I hope if he's not back next week, then he, you know, he could be, he could be the kind of guy that maybe unfurls the flag next season or something, or on Flag Day or something like that. Now, I do want him to have that moment at Celtic yeah. Park because I think he's been so good for Celtic and he won so many trophies and he was so pivotal to a lot of good moments that people have. And so for him to leave last season when there was no fans at the stadium and for it to blow up in the way that that season did was, you know, probably hurt him. But it was also disappointing for supporters too because I'm sure many people would have wanted to give him a proper send-off. So we'll see how it plays out. But I do hope that whether it's next week or over the next six months that that Scott Brown does get his moment at Celtic Park because I think he would get 
quite the ovation and you know he's stepping into management so that all that's a factor too you know depending on who he ends up at i'm sure he wouldn't want to be seen to be still so emotionally attached to celtic if he wants to take on a new challenge so that's all part of it so we'll, we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out but hopefully Bruno gets his moment in the sun I'd agree with that. You, you you just don't want it taken away from the current team. And I don't think Scott Brown will want that either. He's a very kind of proud guy and he'll know that he's not been responsible for this at all. Well, he, he kind of has actually because he scored at Ibrox, didn't he? So I suppose he has played a role in our title. And he did get that moment as well at Celtic Park. I don't know if you remember when he, I think, pulled his hamstring and walked off and got a standing ovation. And that's one of my highlights of the season. Genuinely, that was, that was an amazing moment. But I know what you mean. It would be like a proper, you know, while no football's going on, the season's over. Scott Brown gets his moment in, in the Parkhead Sun. And I think we talk about Beaton going out on top. I think as much as Scott Brown didn't manage to, I think it'd be amazing while Celtic are back on top for him to get that moment in front of the Celtic support. So I really hope, as you say, not put too much pressure on the club. I'm sure they'll they'll do it justice uh, on Saturday. I thought yesterday, by the way, was was excellent. I thought the post-match stuff was great. The, the tunes were spot on. I know people will say you could play any tune in... Uh, and, you know, the, the, the fans would do the job and the scenes would be amazing. But I just thought the tunes they got were just spot on and, and really contributed to, to an amazing moment. I mean, really, really kind of emotional scenes after the game. Smiles and, and tears and Ange walking right over and, you know, Daft Punk playing. It was, uh, I thought it was special. The, the club are getting a lot of things right at the moment. And what I'd say about the club in general is that just an observation of, of my time around people at the club and, you know, doing things around the club, etc. My observation is that a lot of people are almost scared of the Celtic support. <laughs> like, a lot of people at Celtic are almost scared of the support in, in the sense that, what the, what is the reaction going to be to this? Can we have fun with this? Can we do that? Can we be a bit cheeky? Can we do this? Can we do that? I think in, in the last couple of years especially, I think the club have lightened up a little bit in that regard and, and let themselves have a bit more fun with supporters. And I think you can see that not just on social media. I think it then feeds into match days and, you know, the club are getting a, a lot right at the moment with regards to, you know, the matches and, and the club media. And the, again, there's more they can do. Some of it's out of their hands and some of it isn't. But that's another thing. I think, you know, when you're you're going into the Champions League and you're getting access to the kinds of cash that Celtic have, I think there's always more you can do for supporters around the match day experiences, they call it, and, and other things. So that'll be an exciting element of the next few years as well, potentially, if we can become a consistent competitor in the Champions League. Yeah, definitely. An exciting week ahead for, for Celtic Wednesday night. You got a wee exciting Wednesday night as well. Are you allowed to tell people about that? No? Yeah, I'm not, not allowed, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a podcast with Australian broadcaster um, with some former Celtic players talking about Ange. So I'm excited to be a part of that. I was very honoured to be invited to do that. Um, and so we'll do it and it'll be fun and we'll talk about Ange winning the league and what it means for Celtic, what it means for Australian football. So excited to do that. Becoming too big for 67 Hill here. We're going to have to <laughs> move on at some stage, just like Christopher Ayer. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm much happier with Celtic than Christopher Ayer was, so I will not be going anywhere. Right. Okay, we'll leave it there. Um, thanks everyone for joining us. There's been about 750 of you on live at the moment, which for a Sunday night is, is pretty good. Um, Another big week for Celtic. This is the one, the final week of the season and we're going to have a big party hopefully on Wednesday um, and certainly on Saturday as well. So everyone, thanks very much. Thanks John for your time and we will be back tomorrow with another video.